Hello, everybody, and welcome to Live a Little, this crazy little podcast about everything and nothing with Pete Pranica, voice of the Grizzlies. That's me and educator and mindfulness coach, Greg Graber. Mr. Graber, welcome. Cheers, sir. Good to see you as always. Cheers. Good to see you as always. Um, I think right off the start, oh, well, first of all, what are we drinking today? Homestyle, again. We had this, I think, two episodes ago. I just happened to have it in my fridge. It's a bearded iris. Homestyle, kind of a high, hazy. It's a hazy IPA. IPA. It is very hazy. Actually, the air outside is kind of hazy too. No, it's a, it's good stuff. For those of you who are new uh, to the podcast, this is episode six, and as I said, this is the podcast about everything and nothing all at the same time. We talk about all kinds of stuff. We're going to talk about what's going on in the world, in our lives. Uh, we've got some recommendations, grievances. We're going to talk about some mindfulness and tell you what's what's coming up next. But as far as what's going on, um, I think we have to start with the Arsenal win over so, Manchester United. Yeah, I mean, come it was on. huge. It First was of huge. all, I think you owe me an apology. I think that would be in order. I can pull. You're looking at <laughs> that, me that, like that, you that, don't, but I can pull the tape <laughs> from last week's show that, about that, my garish. That kid is heinous. Ugly. It's terrible, but it worked. <laughs> it's one and zero. And and I have a training jersey that I wore, and that's two and zero going to the brass door and, and watching. I, that was, it was, to give you an idea, for those of you who don't know, we're both Arsenal supporters. And for those of you who are really don't know, Arsenal is a team in the uh, English Premier League. And uh, the, the, the pub, the brass door in downtown Memphis, that is where Arsenal supporters gather. And so we gathered at 1030 Sunday morning. Well, some, some of us got there earlier than 1030, got an early start on the drinking, um, to watch their match uh, against Manchester United, hated rival, and, you know, it's, it's, it's 1-1, the two goals, United scored first, uh, Arsenal equalizes like 90 seconds later. And so we're, we're deep in the game, and all of a sudden there's a breakaway by Manchester United, and we think it's 2-1 to United, and then it get, gets waved off for offside. And then, it, then we go into like eight minutes of stoppage time, and after having, I think it was the 12th and final corner of the match, for Arsenal, they finally uh, get a goal. Declan Rice, the new acquisition. Worth every bit of that $100 million just there, for that goal. Just, just for that goal. 2-1, then Arsenal gets a breakaway again in stoppage time, and it's it, it's 3-1. The uh, funny thing, you and I complained the whole time on the corners. Remember yeah, like yeah. how how could badly you, they were taken? Yeah, how could you please get something out of there? And then the one fell to Declan Rice. He settled it, and it actually took a touch off of a, a United player before it, it went in. I net. was wondering why that wasn't considered an own goal, but I guess maybe the trajectory of the ball didn't change when it deflected. Is that why? Uh, you know, that's a that's a really good question. I was wondering why it wasn't an own goal either, but it it, it was the, the United player didn't propel the ball into the net. It yeah. touched him last, so maybe that's why it wasn't listed as an own goal, although I should probably go back and double-check the um, – Double check the the official scoring. So to me, the funniest part about it was when Manchester United subbed in Harry Maguire and seventy five <laughs> Arsenal. Arsenal fans <laughs> crowded in the bar. Yeah, cheered. That was beautiful. <laughs> and the other highlight was Seamus, the owner of the Brass Door, Irish guy, of course, with a name like Seamus. You can surmise that. Always as nice as he can be. He comes up to me before the game. You'll love this about the jersey. He's like, that's the ugliest damn jersey I've ever seen. I can't stand it. You should be ashamed to wear it. And I'm like, I laugh. I'm like, oh, that's a good one, Seamus. He's like, I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, I walked no. off. <laughs> no, 
Seamus, Seamus was not kidding. For those of you, again, who are not Arsenal supporters, go go to Arsenal.com. Look at the away kit for 23-24. And, and, and Arsenal has had a tradition of using yellow or gold in their away kits, and sometimes they called it the bruised banana look. And this year, it's it's like really, really bad. I do like the third kit because it's, it's blue and green, mm-hmm. And uh, instead of using the Arsenal badge, they actually have the silhouette of the cannon. And uh, I think I may need to uh, order one of those to uh, wear to a, a future a future match. I looked at the fixtures, and the last home match is against Everton on May 19th. That's a little dodgy. I don't know that the Grizzlies are going to be in the playoffs mm-hmm. at that point in time. Are you thinking about going? Of course I'm thinking about going. Really? Okay, I, we I, need to work something out. Because, you know, I went twice last year. I'm always game. Yeah. See? So, and, oh, the, yeah. The, the I mean, thing of it is, I mean, if we could get tickets, and, and that is... I have, a, I have a guy. You got a guy? London, yeah. All right, good. You got a guy. Okay. And it's not Seamus? Because Seamus, I think, probably could help us. Not Seamus put, could, but not I don't know. After, 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 the, his, after Jersey, you know, yeah. he's not helping you with anything. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a thought, but... May 19th is is one of those like mm, yeah for me too it's you know the school year it's tough yeah the interesting thing with the Premier League and then we'll get on to other stuff we realize not everybody's into soccer but they should be should be um they're on an international break now right so why don't they just start the season in September and have the international break in August instead of interrupting I have no I have no idea why they do that but then there are other competitions and yeah I I never can quite fully understand how how football works in that sense. Um, so what, what's going on? I know that uh, you, you've got a trip. That's why we're recording on a Tuesday. So uh. Yeah, I'm heading out to McNeese State, which is in uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana, early tomorrow morning on American Airlines going through Dallas, and I'll be working with Coach Will Wade and his McNeese State basketball team for a couple days. Cool. I've worked with Will this is the fourth team now. I, uh, we started at UT Chat, then VCU, then of course LSU for five years, and now now he's at McNeese. Mm. So looking forward to that. Yeah, and uh, his his former stop, uh, LSU got stomped like a narc at a biker rally. Ooh, man, that was um, rough. Yeah, that was that was cool. Props to Mike Norvell and uh, the Florida oh, yeah. State Seminoles. Always good to see a former Memphis coach do well. What w- Brian Kelly is he not in favor now with? Uh, <laughs> With Cajun Nation, whatever else. I should know. I've, I've oh, them for yeah, I mean, he yeah he threw his players under the bus. He threw his coaching staff under the bus, and and didn't affect a southern accent. Well, yeah, that the was, fake, that the fake uh, Falkhorn Leghorn Cajun accent is gone now. You notice that? <laughs> Look, Brian Kelly won a lot of games at Notre Dame, and it was it was fun. You know, got him into the college playoff twice. But everybody that I knew who was associated with the program despised him. Really? Just did not like him. And he was a guy, and I don't know if I mentioned this to you during a podcast or just in open conversation, but he basically kind of froze Joe Montana out of the program as an alum. And it's like, how stupid is wow. that, that you're not welcoming Joe Montana into the, you know, into, the, uh, into the program? Because there was a big deal made about they introduced Joe Montana on the field at Aviva Stadium when Notre Dame was playing Navy over in Dublin. Now, part of it is Joe Montana is also a spokesman for Guinness. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, but, you know, good, good gig. Yeah, it's a great gig if you can get it. Um, but somebody had pointed out, they said, well, you know, he really hasn't been around the program because Brian Kelly didn't want him around the program. I was like, why would you not want Joe Montana That's around crazy. the program? I've seen that, though, with some of the programs I've worked with. Some of yeah. the big stars are kind of 
estranged for whatever reason. Yeah. But just thinking about the Guinness thing in Joe Montana, are there a lot of American football fans that drink Guinness? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Maybe they're they're, they're trying to uh, to uh, help the market in in some way, shape, or form. So um, I don't know. But and actually, I saw Guinness now. They've got a zero calorie. Is this, no, no, it's zero right. alcohol. It's got to be. It's, it's a zero alcohol. What's the point? Yeah. I, who drinks beer for the taste, really? <laughs> I know we always say, oh, this is a good tasting beer. But at the end of the day, you're not drinking me, beer for yeah, the Yeah, that's a little bit like uh, decaffeinated coffee. coffee. Yeah. Why? I mean, what's the point? Yeah, no, I, I've, always, I've always felt that. What's, what's the point? Although sometimes if you have dessert in a restaurant and it's like 8, 8.30 at night, and you you just want the taste of sometimes you do want the taste of coffee to go with the chocolate or the dessert or whatever and you don't you don't want to you don't want caffeine so you're you're up half the night. I get that. That's that's the only way. It's the only way, and it's a very 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 narrow window of opportunity for decaffeinated coffee. Um, what's going on with me? Well, I'll tell you what. I am I'm getting ready for the NBA season, and for me, getting ready for the NBA season means a couple of things. And number one, office supplies. I've got my index cards. I've got my special. I've got, I've, I have this really cool glue stick that it's the same. As, <laughs> have, you, have you been sniffing it? <laughs> no, no, no. No, because most glue sticks, you use it and you paste something and it's there forever. Scotch actually makes a glue stick that it is the same adhesive as they use on Post-it notes because I have index cards, colored index cards. And so what I'll do is I, I'll type up a bunch of notes uh, in in Word, and then I will print them out. Then I will cut them up, and I will uh, cut them so that they fit on index cards. But I don't want to throw the index cards away after one use. I'm very I always, eco, I always knew that guys that do what you do for a living did a lot of prep work, but then I really realized the full magnitude of it. Before we were really good friends, I had you, do you remember years ago mm. when you first got here, come out to Lausanne? I think I was teaching a uh, journalism elective and you brought like your board and your mm-hmm. post-it notes and stickies and highlighters. The the kids and I we were blown away. Yeah, how a- much time goes into each game prep wise? People have no idea. Yeah, probably. I always say it's about three hours ish for every hour we're on the air. So typically a, a, a basketball game six seven hours. So that's and that that's kind of minimum and it'll vary. If we're playing a, a team in in the division that we play four times, it's it's not going to be quite quite as much but so uh i ordered see and i also carry a color printer on the road because wow. because i've got a, I, I print everything out in color everything's color coded and i don't want to have to worry about finding a fedex office in oklahoma city you put that above the seat how does it i know you're flying private obviously with the team i, I carried that... i carried in a backpack wow and i i pop it in the overhead bin so printer cartridges so you know so Amazon is my friend. Printer cartridges, special glue sticks, uh, all that, um, and uh, also you're big, like a kid with back to school. Supplies. Pretty much, pretty Almost. much, yeah. Uh, big soccer match tomorrow. I'll talk a little bit more about this later on. Memphis Nine One FC home to the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Huge match. Tampa Bay second in the Eastern Conference. Memphis, I think, fifth now in the Eastern Conference table. Really. Always a tough matchup, and uh, shout out to our guy Aaron Malloy, who I believe is a listener of this podcast. Great guy, fantastic! Great guy, fantastic midfielder for 901 FC. A um, couple other things I, I just, just want to mention here, kind of on a personal note. Uh, number one, do you remember uh, the song "Dream Weaver"? Gary Wright. I saw that yesterday. Yeah, he, he, pa- he passed away. Do you know he was really into Yogananda? 
the uh, Indian sort of uh, guru, I did spiritual not. leader. You know who that is that wrote uh, autobiography of a yogi. Mm-hmm. It influenced a generation of artists like George Harrison. It's a great read. Holly and I used to go to the San Diego area a lot. We had friends out there, and we would meditate at his hermitage in Encinitas, California. He had them wow. all over in California. Mm-hmm. But I, So you can read up on that and then go listen to some of his songs. Okay. They're really spiritual. You mm-hmm. never really, I mean, obviously with Dreamweaver, you could see that. Right. But other ones too. Right. And and I, I noticed that because I took a quick look at Wikipedia. So so Gary Wright, Love is Alive and Dreamweaver were his two major commercial hits. He remained active in the music business until 2017. And um, he died at the age of 80. Uh, Parkinson's and Lewy body dementia, which is a particularly cruel. I've got an aunt who has that. My mother's older sister has Lewy body dementia. It is rough. Yeah, and and apparently I I seem to remember that that was what uh, the diagnosis for Robin Williams. Oh wow! That that he was diagnosed with Lewy body dementia before before he took his life. Uh, so yeah, so sorry to hear about Gary Wright, but yeah, he was also very tight with Ringo Starr. Yeah, he played in his All Star band. Like Ringo had that ensemble of uh, like touring greats musicians yeah. yep the all-star with two r's band and also shout out to my good friend hank mcdowell um hank's hank, love hank hank is one of the all-time great people and four years ago he suffered an episode i, I don't know if it was a, i'm trying to remember it was a blood clot on the brain or whatever but it was very very serious and we very nearly lost him and he had to learn how to talk again walk again and he posted on social media reminding us it's been been four years and I remember visiting him in the hospital, and he was just starting to be able to string words together and sentences together. And his, uh, his uh, now I want to say auditory therapist, his speech therapist, gave, gave him a stack of radio commercials to read. And that's how wow. that was part of, of, of his therapy. So, yeah, Hank and Carol McDowell, two of, two of my very I, favorite people anywhere. I worked with Jake when he played for mm-hmm. the University of Memphis on the basketball team. Great, outstanding young man as well. One of the one of the cool memories. I did a handful of, of Tiger games with Hank, and we did the game where Jake scored his first points as a Memphis really? Tiger, oh, wow. and that was that was like yeah. the coolest thing ever because Hank was Hank was so proud, and it really was uh, it really was a cool. Hank moment. was one of those guys, and he'll be the first to tell you. He had a really long professional career. He was kind of that tenth guy on the bench. Mm-hmm. Kind of the rah-rah guy. Yeah, but he was really he was tra- long. Yeah, yeah, trained really hard in practice. He's the first to jump up after a timeout and clap or hand him a towel or whatever. He jokes about it, but he he was an outstanding player. Yeah, yeah, he, he really was and was a member of our broadcast group for a long time until that happened, and we invited him to come back, and he said, you know what, I – no. He just he in in the short term he was afraid that he may get stuck for a word and it just wouldn't it wouldn't come out right, but uh, still just absolutely love love me some Hank McDowell so uh, Hank glad that uh, glad that you uh, survived it and are thriving now in retirement he's got uh, grandchildren and uh, love and life at Pickwick Lake so uh, great there uh, how about some recommendations you got you got a recommendation yeah two I started reading a book. I'm about halfway through. It's called The Courage to Be Disliked. Okay. I can't recall the gentleman who wrote it. It's a it's a it's a Japanese name. Mm-hmm. Originally it was in Japanese and it's it was translated to English probably about three or four years ago. It's really good. It's a sort of a different take on having a 
unique psychological mindset that is a little bit different than traditional psychology. Typically, you know, the, the two schools of psychology in the West that most of us ascribe to are it's either Freudian or Jungian, and it's more about attributing cause and effect. I'm like this because. Mm -hmm. The reason I suffer with this is because. And this has more of an approach where it doesn't really matter the cause and the effect, why you are a certain way. This gives you more tangible ways to work through it without dwelling on the why. Okay. So it's very, I highly recommend it. Okay. It's I'm going to need to take a look at that. Yeah. Dwelling, dwelling on the why will make you absolutely crazy. Uh, recommendations. Uh, I, I alluded to this earlier. Uh, Memphis 901 FC is going to be on a three-match homestand. And they're going to play Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, Tampa Bay Rowdies. Um, as I said, Memphis is in playoff position. Uh, Tampa Bay is second in the Eastern Conference. Starts a three-match homestand. Memphis will be at home not only Wednesday night at 7. They will be home Saturday night against Monterey Bay. And then the following Saturday, they will be home to Hartford Athletics. So we're getting deep into the USL Championship season. For those of you who don't know soccer, USL Championship is is... I guess you would say second tier. It's one level below MLS. Having said that, there are a number of players in USL who have MLS experience, including Emerson Heinemann, uh, who had played for Atlanta United. He is with 901 FC. And you're also seeing guys, and I, I really and truly believe that Aaron Malloy will play MLS oh, soccer. without a doubt. And I'm biased because, you know, we work together and you and I think so highly of him, but he is such a good player from a – solid fundamental perspective uh, he does everything really well he tackles well um, he passes well his set pieces are really nice he's got good field vision i would be surprised if he's not in the mls soon yeah he currently leads usl championship soccer in chances created uh, great assist guy he takes all the corner kicks all the free kicks and it doesn't matter because you know some teams they'll they'll swap depending on which corner flag they're restarting from it doesn't matter Aaron Aaron can go from uh, from either corner because typically like a left-footed guy will take it on the right side because you can swing it in and mm -hmm. vice versa yeah so um he, we could have used him on a few of those arsenal corners early in the game yeah yeah I think he might have done a better job than Martinelli but you know be that as it may um it's time for us to uh, be the old men yelling at clouds airing of grievances you have grievances I've got one. You got one? Okay. One. Just one. Well, I've got a bunch, but I'll, I'll start with one and we'll see how we are sort of time-wise. Yeah, we have to limit them. People that take things so personally when they shouldn't, it's not really for me to say when they should and shouldn't. Let me preface it with that. However, I'm going to give an example. And someone that I like and respect as a coach is Deion Sanders. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's not mutually exclusive. You can be a really good coach – but also be annoying. <laughs> he talks so much. And the whole thing about we're taking receipts, we're taking names. What, is that his shtick? Why? I, I just don't get it. It's not very becoming. Um, it just, it's, it's bothersome. You never hear Nick Saban or Dabo or anybody else say, I, I do think Dion is eventually going to be at Florida State. I mean, the writing is on the wall for that. He played there. Mm -hmm. He's doing really well. I'm glad Colorado got the upset. I'm glad that they're playing well. It seems like he has a good system. He recruits really well. 
But, you know, he made that one comment to the reporter and someone who's in the media like you, I'm sure it, it rubs you the wrong way. It's like, are you with us now? And I saw Jeff Perlman, the sports journalist mm -hmm. on Twitter, X, whatever it's called now, was like, it's not a journalist's job to be for or against you. It's like, I just, I don't get it. That whole, you're either with us or against us. Yeah, it it, it really is unbecoming. And I think, and, and it made quite a, a stir on X or Twitter. There were some Utah sports commentators that said, you know, this is never going to work. Uh, and they did really a disservice by saying, well, he coached at a JUCO last year. Jackson State is not a JUCO. Wow. That's, yeah, that's that, insulting. That, that, I, that, that's, insulting that. that's insulting, and you and didn't do your homework. Him. I don't blame him for being upset about that, but he was, it was like he was casting with a, with a wide swatch. Right, on, right. On it, it, it's, it's one of those things where there, there were a lot of people that doubted. I mean, Colorado won one game last year, and you're saying, okay, well, he coached a couple of years at Jackson State. His son is a quarterback. And the other thing, too, that made it really, really hard, and, and this is so far removed from my days in college, 75 80% of the kids who were playing for Colorado this weekend came through the transfer portal. Oh, it's every sport now. It, yeah. And it's basically, you know, a lot of guys maybe didn't want to play for Deion Sanders. He, he, he's got his guys. A lot of people who are smarter in football than I am say that Deion Sanders hired a really good staff, which I think is so important for a relatively inexperienced head coach. I, when when a, a new coach comes into the NBA and they've never coached before, I'm always like, are they going to get the OG lead assistant who's been around the league for, for a period well, of time? Well, it's like the X's and O's guys in college basketball. Right? Right. You'll see a young up-and-coming star – but typically he'll have some older veteran, some Wiley Fox that's done it for a long time with the clipboard doing the X's and O's. I, yeah, and my statement's not to diminish his ability as a coach. I think he's an outstanding recruiter. It would be hard for him not to get really good kids. He's arguably the best cornerback ever, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, and when you but, think of playing baseball and yeah, playing I was, two ways in the NFL. Yeah, I was living in Atlanta, in the, in the Atlanta area, when he was playing for the Braves and the Falcons. And I thought it was so cool. He would take that helicopter back and forth. <laughs> of course, in Atlanta, you need a helicopter because sure, rush traffic. hour is so bad. But uh, nothing against him. I think he's great. I hope he does well. But it's just like this whole we here thing, too. Like, we are here. Throw a verb in there, please. If you're going to talk <laughs> a lot, talk a lot the right way. But like, Give me my theme music. Yeah, right? Which, so. it, you know, it, it's fine. It's a shtick. I think what he was trying to say to Jeff Perlman and, and, and the media, do you believe in us now? Now, that's an entirely different framing than are you with us? You know, like, do you believe in us now? Well, yeah, I mean, they beat TCO that played in the national championship game last year. That's fine it, and, and cool. It's one game, and this is the thing that is just – it's amazing about college football. It's amazing about – and it'll be amazing about the NFL next week, the overreactions from one week. So Duke beats Clemson, upsets Clemson, destroys Clemson. I mean, Clemson was awful last night. And uh, so it was like, oh, well, Dabo Sweeney, you know, he's done. You know, let's find the next coach for Clemson. It's like, well, can, we just, can we just pump the brakes for a second? They were really bad last night, and Duke played – pretty well. So let's not anoint Duke as going to the college football playoff and let's not wipe out Clemson. They're, they've, they've played one game. and That's pretty much American culture, though. No, it's instant it gratification. You're either a winner or a loser or you're, you're done or you're the best thing 
since chopped liver. Right, right. There has to be instant categorization. Well, as far as my grievance, um, I just, it really bothers me the lack of civility and the lack of respect for boundaries. And it really came up in the sporting world in the last week or so. Ronald Acuna Jr. is in the outfield, and a couple fans run out because they want to have a selfie with him in the middle of a game. Colorado Rockies uh, security staff not exactly on the ball. Um, and it's like, you know, you are, you are not part of the show. You bought a ticket to watch the show, to watch the game. And then did you see the video with, Messi? The, with the guy I, c- coming out of the stands? Messi's bodyguard. Have you have I sent you any of that stuff or have you seen it? I, I, I've seen it. Messi's like bodyguard. Is like, yeah, he's like a an army ranger, former army ranger or Navy SEAL, something like that. And a pretty good he's, set of wheels. Oh, my God. And he's huge. Yeah. So he's there on the sideline. He's almost like a, a linesman in soccer. Wherever Messi is, he's parallel. Mm-hmm. He's going up and down the sideline. And it's interesting. He's had to do that a couple times. But you're right, Pete. I don't know if we're living in this sort of narcissistic selfie culture where it's all about me, 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 and I'm going to interrupt whatever. And then, uh, you know, I could go on a tangent about the lack of respect in shared spaces. Mm -hmm. I think we've touched on that before. Mm -hmm. Like, it's inevitable on the airplane tomorrow when I leave at 7 a.m., someone will have their feet, their bare feet up on the back of my seat or on the wall or someone listening to music without headphones. Mm -hmm. It's like a lack of self-awareness or they just don't care yeah it it, it is really troubling and and i'm going to blame twitter and so, social media because now everybody has a microphone <laughs> we two we two idiots have microphones we're speaking into microphones <laughs> um and every so everybody's opinion matters and everybody is important and it's like no you are a fan at a sporting event sit in your damn seat enjoy the game but yeah, just, and, and maybe alcohol was involved, but it, there really is something where, you know, the, the lack of consideration, even something as stupid as not returning your shopping cart in, in the grocery store parking lot. You know, I, mean, I was, I wrote a piece and the New York Times picked it up on the shopping cart theory. Mm-hmm. Were you aware of this? Mm-hmm. So listeners, go ahead and Google my name, Greg Graber and shopping cart theory. Apparently, I'm such a thought leader that I'm giving uh, <laughs> my genius opinion on that shopping cart stuff. Okay. But Aldi has it figured out. You know, the German discount chain, Aldi? Right, right. You have to put a quarter in yeah. and get it back. When if you, you bring the cart so. back, yeah. It, it's just, it's like, how flippin' lazy are you that you can't walk another 20 feet to put the cart away? It's just... Yeah, it's just it's one of those things, and and you know, as my mother would say, were you raised by wolves? Well, the garbage yeah. thing, just people throwing trash out. You'll be going down the road, and it's like, who's going to pick that up? That's what one you- thing that, that that when I've had guests come to Memphis, you're know, like, God, Memphis is dirty. Yeah, because you 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 look along the sides of the road, and you will find hubcaps, you'll find bumpers that have been torn off, mattresses, furniture. Uh, it, it really is. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't get it. Just people think that they don't have to adhere to some type of social contract of, of, of decent behavior. You've got people throwing dogs out on the highway. Like, that's the worst of all. Living yeah. beings. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, I, I do follow Street Dog Foundation, which, by the way, shout out Street Dog Foundation, as they take in dogs. Uh, Grace Animal Hospital, you know, fixes them up if they need to be fixed up because many of these dogs, they're, they're pities that have been involved in fighting or maybe have been hit by a car or whatever. And there was one, I was following them on Instagram, and somebody 
had taken a, a mother dog and puppies and just put them in a dumpster. Jeez. I mean, he's like, okay, you're, you're not a human then. I no, mean, it, I agree. You know, there, there, there are ways to do this, and that, is, and that is certainly not the way to do that. Okay, I think right now, Mr. Graber, we're like halfway through our beers. I think we are in need for a mindful moment. And you know what? I want you to lead the mindful moment, and then I've got something I want to say with regard to mindfulness and mental health. So I wanted to talk a little bit about growth mindset. That seems to be a hot topic these days, and I'll give a couple examples. Typically, I don't reference people who I work with sort of publicly. I, I respect their confidence, but these two instances were years ago in the newspaper, and I'm using them because they're old, but they're also already displayed sort of in a public manner. Uh, back when I was working with Josh Pastner and the University of Memphis men's basketball team, which I'm still working with with Penny, um, two really good players had quotes in the newspaper. One was Austin Nichols. Remember mm-hmm. Austin? Yep. Out of Collierville. Great, great player. Probably should be in the NBA. Outstanding young man. They asked him during his freshman season, they said, what's the difference between high school ball and college ball? And his quote was something along the lines of, well, it's a lot harder. In college, the guys are bigger and quicker. So to me, that's a limiting statement. That's sort of a fixed, closed mindset instead of a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. What he could have said and what I instructed him to say from that point on is something like, the guys in college are quicker and bigger. However, I look forward to the challenge. I'm going to get better every day. Right, right. The rising tide lifts all boats. A little bit of nuance, Mm -hmm. right? The other one was Chris Crawford. Do you remember Chris? Yeah, I do. You probably called back when you were calling Mm -hmm. a few of those Tiger games. Um, Chris was a three-point, just a great sort of catch and shoot. Not limited to catch and shoot. Don't get me wrong on that, but he was really a good three-point shooter. And one of his quotes after the game was, a game where he didn't shoot well, was, well, typically after the first or second shot, if it doesn't drop, I can tell it's not going to be a good game. That's a limited fixed mindset. A growth mindset would have been, my first couple of shots didn't hit, but I'll keep on shooting because I know eventually I'm going to make them. It's that little twist, Mm -hmm. that little nuance. So a couple weeks ago we talked about coaching ourselves up. This is similar to Mm -hmm. that. We live with this mindset pretty much that it has to be all or nothing. Think how many times a lot of us, we've started a diet, we break it once or twice, then we quit because it's not perfect. No one can attain perfection. So growth mindset is about knowing you're going to have setbacks and that's a part of the process, but you're going to do more sort of good, hard work than the amount of setbacks that you're going to have. It, it's really the Stoic philosophy. And, and I think people who know me know that I read Ryan Holiday. And Ryan Holiday wrote a book, The Obstacle is the Way. Great book. The, the obstacle is what determines where you're going to go. You see an obstacle. Well, are you going to let it be an obstacle and you turn around and, and you give up? Or are you going to say, okay, that's an obstacle. I need to overcome it. I need to figure out how to overcome it. And that's, that, that's a really important distinction. I, I, I was chuckling here because uh, you're, you know, you're talking about Chris Crawford. Well, first couple don't go in, I quit shooting. And, and I was always reminded by Sean Tui back in the day, shoot to get hot, shoot to stay hot. Yeah, I like that. You know, because shooter's going to shoot. Yeah, shooter, shooter's going to shoot. And yeah, you may have a really, really, really bad day. 
And there, there are sometimes when I've seen three-point shooters go over like their first seven, and I'm like, please don't, please don't shoot anymore. But well, it's like Don Staley saying any. I think it was Don Staley. If not, I'm sorry if I attributed to the wrong person. But anything worth having is on the other side of hard. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. You you, you got to get to that other side, and 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 as the book says, the or the Stoic philosophers would say, the obstacle is the way. Um, I just want to throw in here, and, and we've talked periodically about mental health, and I was walking on the Green Line yesterday, and I noticed that there were signs, September is Suicide Awareness Slash Prevention Month. Um, and I would just urge anybody that, and, and if, you, if you do have suicidal thoughts, call or text 988. Get yourself in touch with someone who is trained to work with someone who is suicidal. But even beyond that, and you mentioned it, you know, as a runner, if you get to the point where like, man, I really need that, I really need that sugar hit or I really need that water, you're, you're already, you know, behind, you already need. I'm just really urging anyone who has anything that's not going right in their lives, something is bothering you emotionally, you're feeling angry for no reason, you're feeling depressed and you're not really sure why, I'm urging people, go and get help for your mental health. It's a lot easier now than it used to be. There are multiple online options that, I mean, you can, you don't even have to turn the video on. There's Talkspace, there's BetterHelp, there are others. I, I just think it's so important that people deal with their mental health. And I think that's part of the reason why things are, are kind of, kind of goofy. I was talking with a friend of mine who lives downtown and we were talking about the amount of violence the amount of crime that's being committed in downtown Memphis. And he said, well, you know, I, I get up early to, to get my steps in. And he said, I'm, I'm, you know, walking down by the river and I see a young man who, who has a, you know, he has this expression like he just hates the world and he's got a baseball bat in his hand <sighs> because he's going to go and he's going to bust into cars. Now, why is he angry? Girlfriend leave him. What happened? We have no idea. But I think that there are, so many people who feel disenfranchised or are upset about something and then it manifests itself in some type of violence, some type of crime, the ability to get guns. And I was reminded, there was an article in the Daily Memphian, yes, it was a year ago, Liza Fletcher, her abduction and murder. And then it wasn't all that long ago, we had the young man that went on the shooting and killing spree. Mm -hmm. Uh, who posted it on who Facebook posted it Live? On, on Facebook Live, I remember. I will never forget that because I was at AutoZone Park with JJ Greer. We were calling an out-of-town soccer match. The Redbirds were playing on the diamond, and all of a sudden, you know, we're we're focused on our monitor and we're we're calling the soccer match. And all of a sudden, we could hear through our headphones there was a public address announcement that they were clearing the field. There was an active shooter in the area. So the teams left the field. The fans went on the concourse. They shut the lights off in the stadium because they didn't want to attract a shooter. And JJ and I, and, and it was by this time, the sun had gone down. It was dark. We were doing the game, the rest of the game, in a totally dark booth. The only light we had was the light from the monitor. Wow. And, you know, we, we finished the match. like, we can't go anywhere mm -hmm. because... The city's on lockdown because of this. That article seemed to indicate that the young man who, who did this was suffering from some type of grief, grief, some type of loss. And so that's why I, I, just, I just would hope that people that have any type of struggle, you don't have to go through it alone. There are people that can help you. 
whether you're talking to a minister at church, whether you're talking to a peer, whether you're talking to a teacher, a counselor, whatever, as, as we have Suicide Prevention Month, Suicide Awareness Month in the month of September, please, please take care of yourself because if you don't, nobody else is going to take care of you. You really do need to look after your own mental health every bit as much as you need to look at, 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 look at after your physical health. Amen. Okay, um, up next, you are going to, to McNeese States. Tell us a little bit about, okay, so when you meet with an with a, with a athletic team, kind of what's, what's the, enlighten us as to the process. Yeah, what I do is mental performance training, and basically it's mindfulness-based mental skills to help them sort of de-stress, calm down, focus. We work on visualization, mental imagery, how to breathe at the free throw line, all sort of the mental aspects of the game. So typically I'll go in and work with a team. I think I'm working six or seven teams this year. I'll be flying around doing this and working with a couple of local ones like Memphis and Ole Miss. Um, I'll go in about once a month. The local ones probably about once a week. And um, I'll have a team session with the whole team. We'll go over sort of a new topic every trip. And then I'll meet with individuals I'll meet with the coaching staff, see where how they are, get feedback from them on the players, and just kind of tweak it. And in between my visits every month, uh, I can take calls like FaceTime or Zoom from mm-hmm. the players as well. So it's funny. When I started it years ago, it was considered kind of woo-woo. But now mm-hmm. a lot of coaches see it as a performance enhancer. You know, obviously – Above and beyond, the, the main objective is their mental well-being. So they also meet with psychologists or therapists, uh, mental health professionals like that. Mine's more on the performance side of things. Mm. I love doing it. I've been doing it for, for a long time now. Work with some great teams, like I was saying, LSU, Marquette, George Washington, Rice, VCU. It's a lot of fun. So... You need buy-in from the coach. I know Will Wade, obviously, you've worked with Will Wade in multiple stops. Do you ever find that the coach is into it and the players are going like, oh, you got to be kidding Oh, me. without a doubt. Without a doubt. And typically, it's funny. I was thinking about this driving over to the Pranica Home Studios. Um, a lot of times, which makes sense, the players who need it the most are the ones that initially resist it the most. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's heavy lifting, dealing with our thoughts and our emotions and our our mindset and our mental stuff, it's not easy always. But typically on that level, on the college level, a high college level like that, they'll do whatever to get to the next level. Most of them will. Yeah, because sometimes, sometimes it's scary to open up the attic. Oh, uh, without a there. doubt, without a doubt. And, and we sneak it in through the basketball. It makes them, if, they, if it sticks to them and they really practice it, it makes them better students, just better young men all the way around. And they're more self-fulfilled and they, they feel better about themselves. I can imagine that there's got to be a great amount of fulfillment when you see somebody who's maybe like a 50% free throw shooter. You teach them to breathe and, and they, they take that advice and all of a sudden they're, they're a 75, 80% free throw shooter. We saw a lot of that at LSU the five years that we did that there when Will was at LSU. They typically were the top or one of the top free throw shooting percentage teams. It's hard to quantify it. Like everyone has a different baseline for their thoughts and emotions and their mental stuff, for lack mm-hmm. of a better way to say it. But that's one way you can look at it. Gotcha. Cool. 
What's up next for me? Well, Wednesday night, soccer. <laughs> it's only the third time I've mentioned it uh, in this podcast. And Tampa Bay throughout the years, and I mean, we were talking about this uh, at, at the Brass Door on Sunday. Tampa Bay Rowdies, that name has been around, oh, I think, from, I love from NASL, and they still have the green and yellow uh, horizontally striped kits. I think every professional team in Tampa has been called the Rowdies, and I love it. You know, when I was a kid in the 70s and early 80s, my dad would take me to see the Rogues at the Liberty Bowl in the NASL, and it was Tampa Bay, same color scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the Rowdies. See guys like Rodney Marsh playing for them. It's neat that they keep that tradition alive. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be a great match. And again, um, tickets are super cheap. Uh, go to Memphis901FC.com. Grab your tickets. Be there. It's 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 a fun time. And it's a really, you know, people can say, well, it's not MLS. It's a really good brand of soccer. And you're supporting the home club, which I think is, is fantastic. So uh, hopefully people will be there. Uh, then on Friday... Uh, the Dixon. I'm a member of the Dixon, and they're having Art on the Rocks. Oh, wow. So it's going to be uh, – there'll be a number of food vendors there, and they're going to have some mixed drinks, and uh, hopefully the weather is going to uh, cooperate and not be hot and steamy and humid and all that. And um, you can go to Dixon.org, and tickets, I think, for non-members are 55 45 if you are a member. Looking forward to that. So many times the Dixon events happen, and it's right in the middle of preseason, and I, I don't have an opportunity to go, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Sounds like fun. When does your season really get you with the preseason stuff? When do you uh, get cranked up? We've, uh, not to put you on the spot. No, I'm just checking here. The uh, media day, it's not been announced. Training camp will start the first week of October. Uh, that's that's so that's got what, a little while. That's what, got a month. Yeah, that's 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 what I'll tell you right now. I don't I don't want to I don't want to disclose things that I know about but are not officially no uh, exclusive out there. for our members. For our no, listeners. sorry, uh-huh. sorry, sorry about that. No, I, I I like my job at the Grizzlies too well. I, I'm also going to have a, a kind of a cool experience, and it's just kind of all come together um, with my. <laughs> I want to talk about my luggage. I can't believe I'm talking about my luggage. We're back on your luggage. Back on my luggage. Well, no. So my carry-on, it's it's yeah. We we, we fly private. We fly charter. Life is rough. But the baggage handling. I'm thinking as I wake up at three thirty for my flight the tomorrow. Baggage. Uh, yeah, an American to Dallas. Good luck. Um, the baggage handlers have managed to on my on my rollerboard. They have managed to break every zipper pull on on the case. There used to be an authorized Travel Pro repair center in Collierville. That guy closed during the pandemic. He has never reopened. The nearest one is in Nashville. Well, you know, there's always a re- good reason to go to Nashville. Um, one of the actors that I know from Tennessee Shakespeare has the lead role in Much Ado About Nothing. And the Nashville Shakespeare Festival is having an outdoor performance all through the month of September of Much Ado About Nothing. So I'm going to go see that. Very cool. And uh, do, they, do they like have the turkey legs there? The, 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 nah, the authentic nah. food? And, uh, they, they will have food trucks. I don't know if turkey legs will, will be on offer there. So going to do that, drop off the case, say, look, you know, here, fix these. I, I, I wrote to Travel Pro, and that particular bag is so old, they don't have the repair parts. So hopefully this guy in, in Nashville can help me out. But One, then, Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. But then also... Um, I'm going to visit my friend, friends Pete and Claudia Weber. Pete, the longtime and really the only voice that the uh, Nashville Predators have ever had. Um, Brent Peterson was an assistant coach and then transitioned to being a, a color commentator. He has Parkinson's disease, and that 
kept him out of the broadcast booth. Well, they have a fundraising event every year, Petey's Preds Party. And so uh, so I'm going to do that. So I'm going to have like this nice weekend in uh, in Nashville, maybe get my suitcase fixed. Don't know about that. See some Shakespeare and support uh, the Brent Peterson Foundation uh, for Parkinson's. And You're squeezing a lot in during your off-season. I love it. It's you, you, you get very... We don't get to socialize and hang out much in the summer. It's about it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you really have to. Well, it, it was one of those things that this, this friend of mine said, I want you to see, see the play. Well, of course I want to see the play. And then um, when, I, when I go to Nashville, I typically stay with the Webbers in their guest room. And they said, I, and I asked, I said, what are you guys doing this weekend? So well, we have Petey's Preds party on Sunday. Okay. Uh, what's, you know, what's the cost of a ticket? They told me, it's like, okay, I'm in. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's going to be fun. And then the final bit of getting ready for the season is, um, you got a guy for Arsenal tickets. I got a guy for clothes. So Listen to, look at you, but, but see, and I, and I know it, is that a thing with you guys? It sounds, I know it is with like fish. He talks about it, but do all you guys are like, Oh, I like that jacket. I like Brevin, I like those socks. Brevin, Pete, I like that tie. Well, Brevin, Brevin and I have worked with the same guys, a guy by the name of Monty Stewart, who used to work at Oak Hall, and he used to work at James Davis. And what he has done now is he does consulting. And so what he will do is he will come to your house with all the fabric books, and you, know, you pick out the fabric and say, well, I want that suit, and I want it with a notch lapel or a peak lapel or how many vents I want in the jacket or whatever. And he does. He he can do shirts as well, and it sounds really, really. And so it's made to measure, so that you know that it's going to fit right. And it sounds really, really fancy. It's actually less expensive than buying an off-the-rack suit at, say, a Nordstrom. Yeah. Wow. You know. Uh, and so Brevin and I have worked with him for a number of years. Uh, I think some other people in the Grizzlies organization have worked with him, and. Um, and so it's always it's always kind of fun. I got to go through my closet and okay, what 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 kind of suit do I want for this year? And uh, so yeah, so he's gonna he's gonna stop by next week, and uh, and we'll do that. So it's all all the run up for the season. So that's very cool. One thing we failed to mention. Oh, we talked about this. Nothing bad. A oh, couple sure. episodes. It's actually good. <laughs> Remember, ZZ Top had that song. I'm nationwide. Mm-hmm. We're international. Yes, we are. You want to. Uh, we had we had a download from uh, Great Britain. We had a download from Ireland. That may be Aaron Malloy, for all we know. I don't think he's in Ireland though. Right no, I but I, I but like, I don't know. Maybe maybe his laptop is linked to Ireland. I, I yeah, have no yeah. Idea. Uh, no, there was one from Canada too. There was one from Canada. There there was one I noticed today from India. So four. Yeah. So wow. We're, yeah. So we're 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 going global. But in, in all seriousness, thanks to all of you who have listened, who have downloaded. We're thrilled that we're on Apple now, which I know is probably everybody's preferred platform to uh pull down podcasts and listen to them rate review it's it's always helpful uh we're just having fun with this this is uh this is episode six of live a little the podcast about everything and nothing um and we're just having we're having fun with it and uh i'm any final words mr graver i just hope everybody has a great week and we'll be back again next week yeah, we'll, we'll be back when you're back in town and I'm back in town. <laughs> which, which, then we'll, we'll get a little more scarce yeah, for a while yeah, for the grizzly season. It, um, not quite nearly as often, but we'll still try to squeeze some in. It is indeed. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Episode 6 of Little Little, the podcast about everything and nothing. 
Coming to you from the World Galactic Headquarters of Pranica Media in East Memphis. No, we don't have a producer. No, we don't have an editor. We do it all ourselves, and we do it all over a beer. Greg Graber, thank you so much. Thanks, thank you, sir. Thank you for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll see you around. <laughs>